A blessed Christmas tide be upon you and your family. This is Pastor Wright with Get Right for Sunday, and this is a special episode where we have the opportunity to interview Reverend President Timothy Shaw. He is the district president of the Southern Illinois District, and through this interview, I get to ask him about preaching and being a pastor in this office. So I hope you enjoy this episode and God's peace and blessings be upon you. Well, greetings. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a special episode. It is our interview episode. And today we have a special guest. He is our district president, uh, the district president of the Southern Illinois District, and it is Reverend Timothy Shar. Pastor Shar, welcome. We are excited to have you. Uh, We also have Vicar Leeper. Always here, always happy to be here. And with that, I'd like to ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Who are you? Where have you come from? and all the fun things about you. Okay, well thank you, Pastor Wright. It's a joy to be here with you today, and uh, thank you for the invitation. My name is Timothy Shar, and uh, I have been a pastor since 1984. I'm originally from the state of Michigan, the city of Detroit, where I went to Lutheran schools from first grade all the way through uh, seminary, so very Lutheran training, except for my one year of public school kindergarten. (laughs) And uh, met my wife, Kathy. Um, I vicared it in Southern Illinois at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Steelville. And Kathy had been teaching in Missouri and returned home to her home congregation. And she, we both were inducted into office on the same day. And that's the day we met. And uh, well, almost two years later, we were actually married then. And uh, so <laughs> wow. it, was, it was good and uh, a great blessing. Love the Southern Illinois District. Uh, it was great to be here for Vicarage. And uh, in between, I served congregations in Iowa. I was in Indianola, which is south of Des Moines, for 10 years. And then I was called to the great northwest, to Wenatchee, Washington, oh. where I served St. Paul Congregation for just about seven years. And uh, I was called then to Nashville, Illinois, in 2001 accepted that call and I was installed on my 17th anniversary of my ordination. Wow. So it was kind of nice to come full circle then and be in Illinois. And I served Trinity Nashville up until 2010 and I was first vice president of the district that year and uh, District President Herb Miller was elected first vice president of the Synod. So I went to the convention as an advisory delegate from the district. I ran for no office um, but yet I came back and told my congregation, I have to move, and I have to have a new <laughs> office now, you know, and so uh, I was installed in the end of August of 2010, and uh, have enjoyed being the president of the district and serving the congregations and, and the great people and uh, the great workers that God has given us in this district. As I said, I'm married. Uh, Kathy, we have two daughters, uh, both have families, uh, we're expecting our fifth grandchild, probably in the next week or at may, most maybe two. So we're looking forward to another another child. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
And uh, just some interests of mine, uh, I'm a coin collector, U.S. coins, some oh. world coins, and that's one of my, probably my most uh, faithful hobby that I have. <laughs> and uh, I love to go fishing, but that's been something I haven't had much time to do over the years. Mm. But I'm great to be here and, and glad to be here today with you. Um, also, I was in, um, called as assistant pastor at Messiah Lutheran Church, where my wife and I have attended since 2010. And uh, I accepted that call in August and uh, enjoy working with Pastor Shilby. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be with a, a congregation where I can say, I am called to this altar, to this pulpit, who these are the people God has called me to serve in a very pastoral, direct way, something we don't always get to do as a district president. Right. And uh, so I, I, it's been great for me to have that connection once again. That really opens the door to, to a lot of my questions. Uh, one of the aspects of Get Right for Sunday, uh, every week we discuss usually specifically the gospel in, in connection with the epistle and the Old Testament, but it's a chance to talk it out and really get the listener right for Sunday. So we dive into the text and find application, and it really is all about the preaching and what the listener should be looking for to hear, to receive, and then to apply to their life. And so as a district president for the last 10 years or so, my, my first question to you is, how has your preaching changed from being a parish pastor to being a district pre president? Excellent question. As a parish pastor, you have a very intimate connection with your people individually and together as a school and church and boards, and God has placed upon your heart a strong desire to bring his word in its fullness to the very specific needs of your people where you're serving, even if they don't recognize those needs necessarily. Yeah. You're bringing God's law and gospel to them in a way that will help them uh, keep focus on Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I think as a parish pastor, preaching is, is much more intense and personal in that sense because you have specific situations and, and ideas in mind that you want to communicate to the people that God has called you to serve. Hmm. As a district president, a lot of times I'm, I'm invited to serve for an installation or anniversary of the congregation or for a worker. And so that becomes a more general type of preaching. But I, I've seen myself develop over the years when I'm asked by a congregation to preach, unless it is a specific occasion, I love to take the lectionary they are using, the three-year or one-year, and apply one of the texts to you know to them as, as a whole, as a people. I don't know them intimately and personally as a pastor mm -hmm. does, but there are a lot of commonalities we all have. We are all sinners in need of forgiveness in Christ Jesus. And, you know, Christ crucified is essential, and it's been the message of the, of the church since the very beginning and continues to be a universal need, even in these days with COVID and other things going on. Well, with that, uh, the lesson or the readings for this coming Sunday, the Annunciation of Christ, the Archangel Gabriel shows up. Uh, one of the things that I heard that I really like and appreciate as a parish pastor, the intense relationship in a good and positive way because you have a connection and there there is something that needs to be communicated. But as a district president, the, the same thing still happens. And I, I really liked the idea that you have the word made flesh coming through something ordinary, 
through the pastor. And I find it interesting that you make a point to not only use the lectionary, but then to have that application through the ordinary means of a pastor, a preacher, to, to come again to reveal the fullness of what God gives in Christ. I think that's just fascinating, especially when you serve an official role and have a and I don't want to say narrow, but it is you're here for that occasion instead of just uh, Sunday in and Sunday out. And uh, I thought that was an interesting aspect to, to the district presidency in, in connection to preaching. I, I think drawing from that, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by this idea that you see a little bit bigger picture than some of the rest of us mm. do because you see a lot more people, a lot more congregations, a lot more situations. And the Word of God obviously never changes. Uh, but as as the people do as you, as you travel, as you go to different parts of the district, um, I, I'm just curious, how has that shaped your preaching? Uh, you, you mentioned like uh, being able to like pull out things that we all go through as the people of God. I'm wondering... Uh, what have you seen, since you have a little bit p- bigger picture than the rest of us, what have you seen in the congregations, plural, uh, that has shaped the way that you preach? Wonderful question. I think the needs of congregations, while they're all unique, in our 92 congregations, every one of them is a little bit different. And <laughs> uh, and I, I like to say when I, when I guest preach, if I'm the only one there, how do you do the liturgy for you, like Divine Service mm-hmm. 73 and LSB? Because uh-huh. every church does it just a little bit differently. Right. So you want to make sure you do it you know, the way that that's going to be least disruptive for the people that you're right. serving that day. But I, I think by having that bigger perspective, I can bring a measure of comfort that you, are, you, you brothers, you're not alone in going through this, as Peter mm. says, whereas Peter says, you know, your brothers throughout the district, throughout the synod, or th- around the world are also undergoing the same kinds of challenges. And I can see from you know, the work that you're doing and you're wrestling, the issues you're wrestling with, that God's at work among you and, uh, you know, hang in there. God is faithful. He will carry you through this. And, and we can, we know that we can draw from others' experiences as well to say, no, this is our time, this is our place. You know, Lord, lead us and guide us as we address these issues before us. And we, we have that comforting message to bring. I think that's that perspective helps a lot. No, I like that a lot. It, it kind of feels like sometimes when we're just in one place, we can get tunnel vision. And by having someone from the outside come in like you, you can broaden our horizons a little bit. I think that's really neat. That's one thing, one role that God gives us, I think, to be able to do that and to assure us that we're all in this together. You know, even though you are here and you're struggling and you have that sense of, you know, what else is happening elsewhere, but no, we're in this together and you're not, you're not broken, you're not unusual, <laughs> you know, we're all wrestling with these things too. So, but in Christ, we're one body yeah. and we can, we can comfort one another and strengthen one another in that process. That's always a humbling reminder because it is easy to get tunnel vision. It's easy to only see Holy Cross, only this issue, when we're connected to something so much bigger. And we actually get to garner strength and and comfort. And when we get an outside perspective, it's, yes, I'm not in this alone. Yes, we do have comfort. Uh, No, I, I appreciate that very much. I have a kind of a question to follow in that line of thinking. As a district president... How has listening to sermons changed? Mm. 
you pay a lot more attention. <laughs> and then what, what, what you're preaching, you know, you do always preach. I always preach to myself when mm-hmm. I'm working on a sermon. Uh, I'm applying it to my own life, and even my own sins are revealed. Um, I don't dwell on them publicly, but they're part of the message as well. But listening, um, you know, it, it's it's fascinating in the sense that. This is God's word for me, too. When I go to a church, unless I'm there for some critical reason of evaluation, I'm going there to be fed as a child of God. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time I showed up at a church unexpected, uh, and the pastor was almost horrified you know that i was there in fact his elder what have asked i done him, wrong exactly his, his elder said what did you do that the president is here and, and i looked at both of them and i said i am here to be fed the word of god and his body and blood today they're having the lord's supper so i said so just treat me as you would one of your listeners and and applying that to myself and, and seeing that yes i'm no different than anybody else i am a sinner and i i am redeemed by christ and he equips me to serve him in the vocation that he has given to me just as he calls and equips the people he places everywhere at all vocations to hear his word to be fed by him to be nourished and to go forth in daily life um, loving our neighbor as god has loved us So with receiving God's word as a child of God for the comfort of of sins, in the midst of the time, not only as a parish pastor, but as a district president and now an associate pastor, have you noticed any changing in preaching or preaching trends that was popular at one time and has gone away to the wayside or has come back? Have Have you noticed anything in the years you've preached? That's a good question, observationally. Um, thinking back to my student days when I was in college and then in seminary, one of the common elements that I would hear in visiting various churches was what we call like the three stories and out sermon, mm-hmm. yeah. where you would have an introduction that was an illustration of some kind. You would have stories that somehow interconnected to the text, but they were not dwelled on. The text was not dwelt on. The stories were told. Oh, Interesting. And when you left the service, you know, you had a little bit of the text, but you were thinking more about the stories. And, I, and I, as a listener back then, I was wondering, do people always get the connection? Do they really see Jesus in the story, or is it something that just, you know, entertained them or in a sense of informed them while they were in the church for those uh, 20 minutes of, of preaching? I think today, we the society's changed in a, in a way, too where biblical illiteracy is, oh, is yeah. rampant. Uh, in my youth, we still had a nation where people would understand the Ten Commandments. They would have learned them. Even if they weren't church members, they at least respected them, and the law seemed to reinforce them as well. And they had some familiarity with, with the basic Bible stories and truths. We cannot assume that anymore today, not even with our own members. Yeah. And that's a frustration I I share with with pastors and church and teachers and church workers in general because we have a we have to keep on retraining people with the very basic stories of of the Bible and faith and salvation. So, for me, has been a goal to in in preaching the Word is to use the Bible for my illustrations now more than anything else. I will apply it to life today. Um, for instance. Um, I, I preached for, uh, I was uh, a pastor last Wednesday night. He was ill. 
asked me to preach, and he was going to use the Benedictus on Zachariah's song of praise after John was born. And he was going to focus on, you know, that we can serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. And that's, that's how I was going to handle it. Well, I said, I'll, I'll build on that. That's a good thing to do. So my, my connection for people was fear. You know, there's a lot of fear this year. 2020 with COVID has been oh. the year of fear. And, mm-hmm. you know, will I get COVID? Will I, will I have it and be asymptomatic and pass it on to a loved one who then succumbs to this? All those fears are, are real. And so you could apply the words of Zachariah regarding his son's birth and apply that to 2020 and say, but this is also for us, that we may serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. And so that provides then the, the touchstone for our ongoing life. Mm. But it's biblically based, mm. and it's, it's drawing upon God's wisdom uh, through the ages to bring to a specific point in time, this point in time, where we are engaged in, in hearing God's Word. So, in other words, uh, just to try to process this for myself, uh, it used to be almost like people would use stories to explain what was in the Bible. Right. And now what you're describing is when you're preaching, you're almost trying to use the Bible to explain what's happening in the world because that's what we that's what people know. They don't know the Bible, uh, but they do know the fear. They do know the struggles with COVID. And you have something, uh, a new thing, a new word to to bring them with the gospel, which is exciting, but also you can't walk in with as many assumptions. Yeah, excellent. And I think it goes back to the, the point about um, people look at the word and say, well, that's old, that's archaic, you know, that's antique. But yet the very real fears are, are, are all there. And, the, you know, when, when God's word does speak to a situation that I am going through now, it no longer is old or antique. It's, it's now, it's, it's alive, as God says it is. Right. But it's no, it, it is present, it is real, it is here for me. And the Spirit is working in that Word, even as He's forming inside of me the response of faith. Well, yeah, with Scripture being the, the ongoing story of salvation, where do you find your place in it? How do you see it in application? And I think that's, I like what Vicar said in the idea that we have the biblical truths, and we get to see them alive in the application of the story of our life. And the better we understand Scripture, the better we really do understand our life and what it means to live within the context of whatever sufferings, whatever joys, but in Christ. I I think that's a very interesting point. Well, along with that, especially with context, um, I I don't know if uh, everybody knows, but we're in a global pandemic, (laughs) and it's affected everything. Have you noticed preaching changing because of COVID? We talked about this, uh, Pastor Shilby and I at, at Messiah, because when it first started, you know, he, he we had to address COVID because right. of every, the uniqueness of it. And, you know, when will this end? Well, it hasn't ended yet. And so we're continuing to address the ongoing reactions to COVID in the life of the church and bringing the the biblical truths to bear upon our story now being written by a pandemic. And that's okay. I think God has given us the applications. And now we have the the word to bring to, to apply to our our very confusing times and to offer a sense of peace and, and service without fear, as I mentioned from the other sermon. Well, to, to kind of slide into that, uh, 
not only the listeners of the podcast, but the listeners to sermons. If you could explain or if you could tell them, this is what I desire for you to hear as you not only prepare to hear the sermon, but not only from a pastor's perspective and not just the nice Jesus loves you, what would you want the listener to hear and know? Very early in my ministry, and I think at the very start of it even, my simple prayer to the Lord was, as I serve these people that I am, you know, you've called me to, these are your people, Lord, and I, I would like to see all of them in heaven with me and with, with you for eternity, and that may nothing that I do in my ministry force someone out of the kingdom of heaven by hmm by my own sin, by my own omission of something or commission of something. And so I want people to join with me at the wedding feast of the Lamb and his kingdom for eternity. In other words, I want those who are hearing God's word to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And that we know that comes to the preaching of Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I, I want people to know that God is for them in Christ Jesus that he was willing to endure the ugliness of this world and the ugliness of human sin. And he was there, he came into the world in the first advent in a very gentle fashion. He came not to threaten us, not to, you know, to condemn us, but to save us. And he was willing to become one of us in human flesh, to be in our skin, to know exactly what it's like to be a human. John even says that in his gospel. He didn't have to tell him what it was like to be a human. He knew from the inside yeah. out. And because he knows that, he can walk with us, and he does walk with us in a very beautiful way in anything and everything we go through. Even though we cannot understand why the Lord is allowing this to happen now, Jesus is with me. He understands. He bore a cross for me that I would never be condemned by God, but I'd rather be saved in him and that he will carry me through this time into eternity. And if I can leave people with that comfort uh, after a sermon that the Lord is with us and for us in Christ Jesus and that this gift of faith is a great blessing from God, then, you know, and we, and we live this out in our daily lives, of course, but uh, if we have that, that, that strong confidence in Christ, we're going to live it out. Right. It's going to come out of us. We can't help but to show it and demonstrate it, and it will. And so if that happens, then I think we're well on our way to fulfilling the two great commandments, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. You know, I, I love to say God doesn't need you to show him your love. <laughs> You show your love for him by loving those whom he loves, right? Neighbor. And yeah. that's where it really hits the road. And if we can do that as Christians and be strengthened in that daily vocation, um, God be praised. Oh, amen. Well, my one of my closing questions is looking to the future, and this is beyond COVID, uh, really kind of the big picture what do you foresee, if anything, the future of preaching? Not only in the context of COVID, COVID has changed everything, but the, the context of society, the context of the world, do you see anything for the future of preaching? Yes, uh, I, I do. And uh, I think one of the sins of my generation, of the baby boomers, 
is that we have wanted to be relevant to the world in which we're living, where we we sense a, a direction, a political correctness, I guess is the word for mm-hmm. it, but we want to say the church is relevant too. We're kind of like following behind in a parade, as if we're the clowns, you know, but we're, we're relevant too, you know, we, right. we, we, we count too. Well, as the world has changed so rapidly, we have a God who's seen it all beforehand, even far worse than this. Read the Old Testament prophets, read Isaiah, you know, and what was going through before the Babylonians overtook them. And you, you, you find that God's word is all sufficient, that the word of law and gospel is appropriate, and that I think we've been afraid to use the, both the law and the gospel because we're afraid of offending people. But God's not. God wants his word shared with people. He wants the truth told about us, both in our sinfulness and our need for a Savior, and then in the glorious revelation that he has provided that Savior for us in his Son, Christ Jesus. And so I see the church continuing what it's been given all along to do, but focusing even more that we have a message of law and gospel, and both need to be proclaimed. I think we need to, going back to the comments about explaining the Bible, using the Bible's illustrations, teaching the Bible, mm-hmm. and, and applying it to our lives that way. I think that's going to increase and become necessary. And, and, and through all this, um, hopefully people will be drawn to something of, of substance and, and solid that's not just going along with the latest trend, but speaks truth even in the, in the uncomfortableness of what I, my flesh wants or what my feelings are, and makes me think and evaluate and hopefully repent and rejoice in, in, in God's good news. I, I appreciate that. There, there's so much comfort in that. Uh, Christ is the center, the foundation, but it's also not a minimized, Jesus loves you, everything will be fine. I, I really appreciate you never shy away from suffering, but it is always suffering in Christ, and we still have his mercy, and we get to move forward as the body of Christ. I, I, I greatly appreciate that. Vicar, I want to open it up to you. Do you have any questions for President Char? Well, I, I think this has been a, a great and insightful interview, and I thank you for coming and for you know uh, pushing us and, and for answering you know our questions uh, thoughtfully. I think, and this is just a curiosity thing that I think a lot of people, including myself, don't know. Uh, what does your like day to day look like as a district president? Because I know what the day to day looks like as a pastor, right? Um, and I think a lot of the people in our congregation, at least, know at least what the Sunday looks like for the pastor. But what does a uh, what does ministry look like for a district president? There's a lot of administration. Um, the maintenance of the roster of our church workers and congregations consumes far more time than I ever anticipated <laughs> 10 years ago. And I am blessed with a very solid staff to assist me with that. But the requirements of the Synod for paperwork and facts and details, uh, it's a lot of administration that way. I also, but I I've, wasn't trained for administration. I was trained to be a pastor. Mm-hmm, and so right. I've approached my office as being a pastor 
for the district. And not that I replace you guys as vicar and pastor in a congregation, but I'm here to supplement and encourage you to be the best that you can be as God's workers. And so I, I try to approach my work pastorally. So I'm, I talk with church workers and congregational leaders as issues come up and we visit with them. But I, I'm always trying to look at it from a pastoral perspective first and foremost. And there are administrative things we have to do, and we will do, uh, just because they need to be done. But um, I, I hopefully will never lose that pastoral heart or desire to be one. And so I'm glad to be an assistant pastor once again. Yeah. Because it reinforces that. Well, I'm going to echo Vicar Leeper. Thank you very much for giving of your time to participate in this podcast interview. I take great joy, once again, to hear perspective outside of just what happens at Holy Cross, but to be comforted in Christ and hearing Christ as the center and being reminded to preach Christ and his gifts for the people placed into my pastoral care. I thank all the listeners who have tuned in to listen to this interview with the Reverend President Shar of the Southern Illinois District. And do you have any closing remarks or any questions for us that you would like to, to ask or answer? I would just like to commend you and the members of Holy Cross as you have responded in this COVID crisis. The one thing that I want to share with you in the district is that this has hit all of us. It's all brand new for us. No, no <laughs> one had a manual for this back in March. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled the way that God the Holy Spirit has directed each congregation to continue its ministry and gifted pastors and vicars to do things they had never done before. And this is an example of it, <laughs> yeah. where we are doing live streaming and, and mass media where and it's, and it's not that difficult. It's not that expensive. You know, where a year ago we would have thought, we'll never do that. Right. But now we are able to do that. And I, I believe God is using this crisis of COVID to equip his church to be even better broadcasters of the word in the years ahead. And I think, Vicar, you're going to have a very exciting 40 years <laughs> ahead of you as God will unfold things for you. <laughs> well, Again, this has been Get Right for Sunday special interview with President Shar. I thank everybody for participating, and God's peace and blessings be upon you. Thank you for joining us for Get Right for Sunday special interview with Reverend President Timothy Shar. If you would like to hear the gospel as it has been described and discussed through this podcast, you can join us here at Holy Cross on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 8 o'clock, which is live streamed, and 9.45. The hope, the peace, and the mercy of Christ born unto us be upon you. <laughs>